0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, this is Liam the Prove-It Guy, author of Limitation is a Mirage. In this podcast I will be sharing with you actionable tips, routines and insights that I have gathered over 20 years of extensive study with masters, experts and world-class performers. My hope with this podcast is to save you time, money, and frustration, helping you fast track your way to mastery. Hey guys, welcome to this bonus episode of the Limitation is a Mirage podcast. Today I have Matt Richards on with me. Matt Richards is a social media marketer amongst many other things. He works with mindset, branding, anything that you would need to create a successful business online. We met a few years back through social media after me stalking his posts for a while. Uh, We worked together on creating some of the things that I was doing a few years back. And he basically taught me, the biggest takeaway for me was that marketing is not a bad word. Marketing is something that I don't understand. In fact, I just don't have a clue about. Um, So in this podcast, we talk about how we met, how we interacted and what he did for me, how he got to where he is, because again, our stories are kind of similar. We started from no qualifications, we got into martial arts and so on and so forth. I'm not going to spoiler alert it. So I hope you really enjoy this. And if you have any questions, please reach out to me or Matt. Thanks again. And I will speak hey guys, to you guys. Thanks for joining us on this bonus episode of the Limitation is a Mirage podcast. I am here with Matt Richards, who is a social marketing marketer and a social media marketer. Would that be correct? That's sort of.
1: Media, yeah, that'll do it, like social media marketing and sales, that type of stuff. So, yeah. you know, building business on Facebook and social media type thing.
0: That's kind of why I ask people to explain themselves because uh, so th- that sort of leads us directly into how we connected. Uh We connected through, I, I don't know how I stumbled across one of your videos and then I decided that I just liked the, the natural way that you spoke. You didn't do the whole like regimented way that most people were trying to do this sort of thing. And at that stage, I believed that marketing was like a bad word, like it was a dirty word. It, I didn't enjoy doing anything to do with marketing uh, in my head. Marketing was Herbalife because of the fitness background. That's just the first thing I thought of. So my biggest takeaway from working with you was that you changed all that for me. Like when I contacted you and, and said, look, I need to improve my business. I have clients, but I want to have more clients. But I hate marketing. Like you were like, yeah, that's because you don't know what marketing is. <laughs> do you find that... You find that's a normal thing that people come to you with that they don't know what marketing is and they have a, a bad idea of it.
1: Yeah, I think I think the issue that people get is is they get confused between marketing and selling, and and you see that a lot online, especially with people that just post about products and services and all that type of stuff. Um, and I think the thing is with marketing and and well, marketing and branding yourself. We'll, we'll broaden it a little bit to like branding yourself, building a following, just because whoever's listening in it probably resonate more with them um people because we've grown up like uh me definitely in my house like if anybody ever knocked the door like trying to sell you something it was a case of i don't know if we could swear on this podcast or not but my dad had just say a, a word and then shut the door and piss off basically and shut the yeah. door. And, and, and if I walked down the street, I'd say, you know, I'd, I'd be walking with different types of people and they'd be like, ah, oh, salesperson. And it was a case of avoiding them or see if you saw one with a clipboard, you'd avoid them. And I think because everybody's kind of grew up with that mentality of like, if somebody's trying to sell you something, run a mile, they're going to either scam you. They're going to sell you nan loads of windows you don't need or something like that. And, and I think it becomes natural where right? people become like really awkward when it comes to, Marketing themselves and getting themselves out there. Also, the trouble that you've got as well every social media is people judge you instantly. Uh, which yeah. A lot of people don't like. You know, I don't like it, but it's just the way it is. I've just learned to deal with it now. Mm. But initially, when you first do like your first bit of marketing and it doesn't quite work out, for a lot of people that destroys their confidence. So if you package all this stuff together, plus a few other different reasons, most people feel quite dirty when it comes to marketing, or they feel like they're irritating people, or they feel like they're bugging people, or you know, doing too much or all that type of stuff. So people tend to become a very tentative with their approach. But the problem is with that, the more tentative you are and the more laid back and the more sort of you don't put yourself out there, the, the bigger the chances you just get crushed by the marketplace because there's some people out there that are just like relentless with content, relentless with their branding, relentless with getting out there. And and it's it's a case of you're in a out. you know, it's like jumping at the deep end. You're either going to swim or you're not going to make it. And and that's pretty much the case of marketing. And I think that intimidates a lot of people, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And just, I know whenever I first contacted you, to me, marketing was a small area. But just like you said there, we opened it up to branding and everything. Like, I remember you asking me, what are you doing for your marketing at the minute? And I was like, well, nothing. I don't, I just, I know I'm good at what I do and people should just, buy that and you were like well how are they going to find you <laughs> like uh, i don't know but, like in my head i was like sure i'm doing social media and that was one of the again another reason why i connected to you this you were you understood where i was coming from first of all because you've been there and then whenever you talked about the brandon like a, if you had just said brandon to me and didn't explain that again i wouldn't i would have just hung up the phone but because you were able to explain what brandon was and and what i was doing and it was all these wee light bulbs So I've talked to loads of people in different areas and maybe I'll get like one or two light bulbs in that first conversation. But it was like, you were just flicking switches and I was like, shit, I didn't know any of this stuff at all. And whenever I used to think it's just going to annoy people. If I keep talking to them about, about what what I do, but you explained it again to me that if you're, if you're repeatedly talking to the right people, it's not going to annoy them. It's like the way I think of it now is like if, if I was a vegan and I just kept telling everyone I met that I was a vegan, it's going to annoy certain people and it's going to interest other people. Or if I was doing CrossFit, I'm just using those two examples because they're the two that come up the most when you meet people. So whenever it comes to to branding, uh, do you find people are like where I was where we just don't understand that branding was a, was a thing?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think the thing is that I think people don't realize just how much work's involved with building a following on social media. See, the traditional way of building a business would be, you know, like for example, if we were gonna open a martial arts academy a traditional way that you would do that would be you would open a dojo or a gym or something you'd stick it there and you'd contact the local area and but don't forget the traffic's already there so once you've plunked this dojo in the middle of a place let's say i don't know scarborough you've plunked this dojo in the middle of scarborough there's already people walking past that every single day there's already traffic there's already noise there's already people around there looking for a place like that so you've already got that established potential customer base. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to social media, you don't have that. What you've got is a lot of traffic, but it's like, imagine, imagine yourself standing on the side of a motorway. Everybody's passing by at like 70 to 100 miles an hour, and you're trying to stop them like, and then they're, they're just flying bats because they've got their own sort of thing going on. That's what social media is like. Just look at how quick people scroll through their news mm-hmm. streams and stuff like that attention span of a human is like less than five seconds when it comes to social media. That, that's scientifically proven. Now, the thing is, is you're trying to get attention in a space like that. You don't have the traffic coming past your doors the same way as you what a traditional business. So the way in which you make noise is by delivering content is by putting yourself out there is by creating some level of a brand, because what happens is eventually that motorway is going fast, 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 fast. You're going to start turning heads. And when you start turning heads, you begin to change the momentum. And I think that's what a lot of people don't get. It's not as simple as I'm very good at something anymore because social media has changed that. Social media qualifications, you know, like, like when it comes to social media, like you can have all the qualifications in the world to be the most decorated person ever. But if you don't get online and you don't deliver your content, nobody gives a shit. And, and, And it's as simple as that. You get people who are extremely talented being outgunned by people who are half as talented, just because they're more relentless with their marketing and their mm-hmm. branding and they getting themselves out there a lot more. When it comes to social media, the biggest killer of your business isn't qualifications and how good you are. The biggest killer of your business is scarcity. People have no idea who you are. People have no idea what you offer. People don't trust you yet. So in order to be able to build that, it takes a lot of consistency. And I think a lot of people don't get that. They think I've got a great product. As long as I whack it online, it's going to get me sales. Great products aren't the key to sales. It's all come, this is why companies send, spend 10 times more on their branding than their manufacturing. You, know, you get like a, a case a can of Coca-Cola, takes them pennies to make it, but how do they sell it for three, four, five, ten 10 times more is, is because of the branding behind it, the marketing, people know what it is. It's everywhere. You got like freaking David Beckham on a Pepsi ad or whatever. Like you've got this type of stuff which turns people's heads. And, and I think that's what people don't quite understand is there's a lot more work than just having a great product, because people aren't gonna trust the product if it's in crap packaging.
0: Yeah, that um, Coca-Cola or Pepsi idea, I use it as an example now, because over here, you will see David Beckham doing an ad with a Pepsi or a Coke, and the exact same ad's done over in China, but it's Jackie Chan. So they've they just, <laughs> it's a good ad. His is more like high flying and stuff. Um, but like like you said, they're creating the, the content for their market, and again that was one of the reasons i connected to you um you don't just post social media uh your your stuff it's not just i'm a marketer this is what i do or you're doing your challenges or you do your um success academy that's you go fishing like i have no interest in fishing but every time you go fishing i'm like i must check out like, to see how that went <laughs> or just the fact that it's, like i love nature so that you're out and about in nature and then you put a lot of family stuff so even before we connected, I felt I kind of knew a bit more about yeah. you before I went into, so it's like you're creating um, like and trust with your, your audience, and I never felt like you were, even when we talked the first phone call, I never felt like you were hard-selling me, and that's what threw me as well because, again, I believe marketing was about, right, buy my stuff, and this is what you needed for. for. Would you just buy it? Yeah. Tickets, whereas you, <laughs> you just talked to me about, even if I had to get off the phone call, I would have already improved what I was doing. So whenever it comes to uh, social media, do you think it's important to have a strategy or do you think people could just throw everything out there? Or What's your take on that?
1: I think you've got to have some level of strategy and you've got to have a bit of natural stuff involved as well. I think the reason why I showed me like fishing and and, out and about is just the sort different sides to you. You know, at the end of the day, if... If you're always the same on social media, you're only ever going to resonate with a particular person in that particular mindset. So if I just post yeah. about sales all day, the only people I'm going to resonate with are the people that are interested in sales today, which is, which is cool because it's my market. But we have to remember that we're dealing with human beings, the same as you with your mindset, your weight loss stuff. Some people who do mindset weight loss stuff are going to be interested in fishing. Some people are going to be interested in some other stuff. People have hobbies. People have interests too. And what you're basically doing is showing people a different side to you because you know you've got it i think that's important when it comes to social media because like i said before you know the whole idea of being a particular person you don't have to be the best at whatever it is that you do you just have to be the one that's willing to put your voice online the one that's willing to deliver the content and over a period of time you'll naturally build that trust and rapport so I think it is important to have a strategy. You know, what I would say is focus entirely around content and value and bringing that to your audience. Forget the selling. The selling will come easy once you have the audience. Even if your marketing is absolutely, you know, even if your offer is completely crap, if you send it out to 2 million people, you'll still make sales. You know, so that's the thing. Like, if you can build the following initially, you will make sales on the back end. So it's good to have a content strategy. It's good to think about serving your audience every single day because what you've got to think is, on social media, most people are looking for something. And if mm-hmm. they're looking for something and you're not turning it up and delivering it, they're going to go and find it somewhere else. And then if they're in somebody like myself, I'm going to have you on my email list. I'm going to have you on my podcast. I'm going to have you in my group. I'm going to be coming at you from all angles. They're not even going to come back to you because I'm not going to give them a chance. You know, and I always use my marketing as a spider web analogy. I always say to people, it's like building a spider web. If you look at a spider, the way they build their web, First and foremost, they need a place where traffic is. You know, a spider's going to go hungry if there's no flies coming through this place. So what they do is they usually use trees or branches or whatever. And then they'll look at the best place to build this web. And then they'll take it strand by strand. Now, each strand is like your posts, your statuses, your content, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And they construct this web. And then they construct this place where they're going to eat, which in our case is selling. So if we can construct this web in a particular place, let's say Facebook, you now with Facebook, you've got like your, you've got like your marketing, you've got, your, uh, so you've got your Facebook groups, you've got your messages, you've got your contacting, you've got your Facebook lives, maybe ads, whatever. You've got all this stuff. That is what basically what your web is. And what I, the way I like to think about it is once I've got somebody stuck in my web, I want to keep them there. So mm-hmm. I'm coming at them from all different angles. Like I've got this email going out, I've got this podcast, I've got this. Now this might sound impossible to a new person who's just starting out. You don't do all of this overnight. Don't come on this podcast and you're like, right, I need a podcast. I need this, I need this, I need this. <laughs> build and take your time, but eventually that's the end goal. You want to be everywhere. It's, it's omnipresence, you know, something that people are everywhere all the time. And if that's the case, you build brand awareness, you become a consistent image in people's minds and people become more aware of you subconsciously, not just consciously. And it just makes selling a lot easier because people already trust you. Like you said yourself, like you kind of trusted me before we jumped on the phone and then it kind of makes everything else very simple. You know, selling is very simple, if you know what you're doing. And if you're trying to force it, it becomes very difficult. You know, it's like chasing something. You chase something, what they're gonna do, they're gonna run away. So, you know, kind of like the same concept when it comes to selling and marketing. You've gotta have that mentality of taking your time, building your structure correct. Because if you build it correct, you build it the right way. If you look at the spider's web, everything is flawless. Everything's symmetrical. Everything's where it's supposed to be. The structure's solid. It can go through like, you can have like insane wins where you think, fuck, I need to get out of this and get in the house, and then you go outside, the spider web's still there. You know, I think it's scientifically. I, I'm going completely off track, but I think scientifically, I think it's the strongest material that you can find in the world, or something like that, in comparison to iron and stuff like that, because iron breaks and stuff breaks under extreme pressure. Spider webs don't. You can drive 100 miles an hour down a motorway and the spider web's still on your sort of, you know, your mirror, which is insane, right? You imagine yeah. the speed that's coming through, um, and and that's what I'm saying to you is build strong. Build methodically, take your time, but most importantly, just make sure everything's got a place and and just act with a purpose. Don't just act for the sake of it, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I love the idea of being omnipresent because like, I know I've done that as well. and It's taken a long time to build up. Like even, it's only been this year where I started putting the podcast onto YouTube, but they were, like, I did a daily podcast that just was audio. And there'd be some people that would come to me and say, I love your podcast. And I would be like, I never... I've never seen you like or comment or post anything on any of my <laughs> groups. And they're like, no, I don't do anything. No, I don't like that. And now there's people that are saying, God, I didn't know you had a podcast. I'm like, I did it for a year every single day. What do you mean? And they're like, oh, I just watched mine on YouTube. So because it was just out of there, we circle. So the fact that you you're we have the same sort of idea of, of coming from different angles, you're, you're hitting people on email who... Like some people just won't read an email, but they'll listen to a podcast or they'll watch a podcast or they'll be on a live group or Facebook or whatever it is. Or like me, I saw you, your picture of one of your fights, just with your hand raised, and I was like, right. Now I'm feeling more connected to this guy. We've both been competitive. We both do martial arts. I'm in now. This is it. I'll, I'll I, I want to jump on. Whereas, I'd seen all your other stuff as well. And I, I had an idea that you knew what you were doing and you were. You seemed like you were a dead-on guy and, and we'd get on, but it wasn't just to that wee click where I was like, like fuck, I want to know what's going on here, because <laughs> I'm going to ask you about your backstory, actually, because it's similar to mine, whereas like, mm-hmm. I left school with no qualifications, all that sort of stuff. Do you want to give a wee brief background? Because again, a lot of people think whenever you're as successful as you are, that you must come from like a real easy upbringing and you must have loads of qualifications and money behind you and everything, but that's not the case,
1: really, is it? No, I mean, to be honest, when people, when people say I had a bad upbringing, it's usually, like, you think, like, abuse and all this type of stuff. I had a great upbringing. Like my, my parents was great. They, they didn't have a lot of money. I mean, my dad worked extremely hard. Like, like, when I say extremely hard, he's still, to this day, the hardest working person I know, and I've met people all over the world. He has a ridiculous work ethic. Work ethic. Like, like, you can go, he, he works in a building trade, and he's the type of guy at, like, 50 years of age, you can put a shovel in his hand, and every single kid within a two mile radius will die before he does. <laughs> like, like, it's insane. He'll just dig a garden stuff like eight hours. So um, when we was young, he'd work in the foundry um, and, and he'd work in the foundry from five till like say four o'clock at night or something like that. Then he'd come home, have a quick show and he used to work a nightclub in the evening. So he'd be back out at like seven, eight o'clock opening up this club and he'd stay there till like two. Then he'd come home. He used to sleep on the settee because he used to say if he went to bed, he'd go in too much of a deep sleep and he won't be able to wake up. And then you wake up again at like four, five, back in the foundry for five, raw time foundries, which are like, they, they're, they're not even allowed anymore because they were so insane. Like you used to talk about people like melting their legs off and all sorts, <laughs> like this hot coal and like magma and all this stuff that they melted. And I, I like, honestly, like hardest working person I know. So I didn't come from like any, any huge levels of investment. I, I, I was terrible at school. I, got, I, I didn't get kicked out, but I have no idea how not. I've always seemed to get away with it. But uh, honestly, I was in so much trouble. So I had no, quali- I had no, no real massive qualifications. Uh, left school, started working with my dad. Uh, worked with my dad for years. Hated it. Working with family sucks. We used to argue worse than two enemies. Um, and, and then I sort of found myself in martial arts. Um, I started martial arts. Started to. I'm the type of person, if I take something on board, I've got like this really bad addictive personality. Like uh, it's the same with martial arts, fishing, gaming, whatever. And, uh, you know, I sort of got into martial arts initially just because I was bullied at school and I felt like a bit of a wuss. So I was like, I need to go to martial arts just so I don't get picked on when I'm older, type thing. Uh, So I got into martial arts. And uh, before I knew it, within six months, I was main event at the fight, which was typical me, right? (laughs) I was like, main event against the guys fought like eight times. I'm like, yeah, let's go for it. Within six months, uh, I had a five round fight in front of like 1,500 people. Um, I did really well like I got to like the the last round and then this guy just sparked me out literally I went for like a brain scan all this type of stuff Um, and uh, yeah that kind of learned me that I need to take things a little bit more seriously so over the next year or so really nailed down on my martial arts spent a lot of time you know practicing five to six hours a day training every single day without fail Um, I was working my job at the same time so I'd literally get up in the morning at five in the gym for like half five I trained to like half seven, go to work, finish work at four, back in the gym for six till 10, then go to bed. You know, my partner hated me at that point. <laughs> but um, literally, that's what I did. And from that point, uh, I went on to win like five gold medals in jiu-jitsu. I was undefeated as a cage fighter for like three years or something like that. Right up uh, to the point then I was ready for things like title fights and all this crazy stuff that was going on. Um, and for one reason or another, this, this was a weird point in my life. I mean, my, my, my partner lost me and my partner lost their first child. And I don't blame that for, for what I did. But I, I don't know, I can never pinpoint exactly why this happened. But actually, I can. I was hanging around with a bad crowd. And eventually, if you hang around with the wrong crowd for a long period of time, you begin to make bad decisions. Mm-hmm. And I was always the type of like, because I had the martial arts mentality, you'll know this yourself. When you've got your martial arts, you, you can focus on anything to an extreme level. Like, mm. you have to. You know, it's like you, the difference between you getting knocked out or not is your level of focus. Because if you don't see the kick coming, you can't avoid it. Um, and it's just like the same mentality. So what happened was I was so fixated on my martial arts Suddenly, all of a sudden, I just had this slip and I started taking, trying drugs. I was like, you know what? All my friends are doing it. I'm going to try it anyway. And then that was it. You know, I found myself on this crazy downhill path. I went from somebody that was very, very successful in my martial arts, not like global or not like, you know, on TV or anything yet, but in my local area, it was like, this guy's fucking undefeated. It's going to be the next big thing. It's going to be like exciting, you know? I won. I mean, my last two fights I won uh, within less than a minute and one fight of the night for both of them, one of them submission of the night. So it was like, Fuck, this guy's making a lot of noise. And then I went from that to a cocaine addict. You know, I went from taking extreme amounts of drugs. I would go missing for like four or five days on end. I'd be at the craziest parties, drinking till as well. I didn't even know where I was and I was doing all this stuff and I still had my wife and kid at home and I was still sort of like, well, my now wife, she's my girlfriend back then. I have no idea why she's still here, but she is. And I'm grateful of that um but like you
0: still
1: yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's that either but it's something right um I could go spag ball maybe it's that um but but anyway like like I've been on this like crazy drug journey and I found myself you know on a, on a complete downhill path I never got back into training after that never got back into any of it um I pulled out my last fight which was the fight before my title fight I pulled out of that because of all the drugs and stuff I was taking I couldn't even turn up to training or nothing and um, yeah, I suffered with things like mental health issues and, and, and severe mental health issues to the point where I wanted to commit suicide and stuff like that and tried a couple of times. Um, so I went like the complete 180 um, yeah. and then eventually found the online industry. Started out as a network marketer, which introduced me into personal development. And personal development kind of brought me back here today in a short version, because I don't want sort to of talk about that too much. But, you know, the whole thing of creating a brand online I hid the fact that I was a drug addict for three to four years of my business journey because I always thought to myself, if you talk about stuff like that, nobody's going to respect you. Mm. Nobody's going to value you. It's embarrassing. And I hid it for years. Also, none of my family knew I was a drug addict. Nobody knew. Even my partner, she just thought I liked partying. She had no idea the extent of this problem, you know, And, and I kept it all to myself. I think that's what made it worse for me as well, because I had nobody to really talk to and mm-hmm. I was on my own for this for like two years. Um, and to go from like a martial artist to that, I was confused more than anybody. I was like, what, what the fuck happened to my life? What have I done? Like I just couldn't work it all out and just felt empty and lost and all this type of stuff. Um, and that was it then within three years of my journey, I started to be open up more about this. I told my story online, which is quite emotional because as I say, I've hidden it for a while. And then it was wild because more people seemed to respect me. I thought, I thought the opposite, like they'd look at me and think, well, he's a drug addict. Fuck him. I'm not working with him. Well, ex-drug addicts. I haven't took drugs for years now. Like, obviously, but, but the thing is like, it had the adverse effect. It actually became something people was interested in. Like no way you did this, you did that. And since then speaking on stages and all that crazy stuff, it always seems to come back to the people who suffer with mental health. They're the ones that st- st- stop me the of stages or stop me online and say, you know what? I struggle with that too. Ah, I understand where you're coming from, ah, and all this type of stuff. It's very rarely the accolades, you know, that the success, the fact that the podcast yeah. from worldwide and all this stuff. It's always like the journey, and it's always the story that people come and speak about the most. And that's pretty much my journey in a nutshell. Um, so I've kind of done both spectrums. I like to think mm-hmm. I've done both spectrums of life. The extreme lows, probably not, definitely not as low as some people. I haven't had it worse. And then I've had like euphoria, and you know, and, and you know, things have been great. So it's kind of I've seen both sides.
0: It's an amazing journey to hear. So I've known bits and pieces of it. And then there's some wee bits in there that, that I didn't know anything about. Again, I followed you and we've been friends for a long time now. So um, I get the same thing when I get off stage and people will go, but you had no qualifications. How did you write a book? How did you create all this stuff? How did you create courses? Why are people hiring you to do stuff? And I think it, when it, like back to the spider web idea, because you actually give everything of your life like some of the posts I really enjoy of yours are when you post old Facebook memories where you be like, "Look at the shit I was talking about here," <laughs> and it's um, some, you just moaning about some fucking yeah. crap like working in the Government dog food writings, back there yeah. <laughs> yeah, just whatever it is. And then you and, and then, then the, the next post is you, you've done all your work and you're out fishing, and you're like, you've deve- you have you went from one extreme to the other. You've developed the freedom, which I think why. Personally, it's why I became an entrepreneur. It's to support your family and, and create freedom so that... yeah, Like you go fishing, but I just go outside. Actually, the other day I was thinking about you because I was standing at the side of a river and there was loads of wee tiny fish. And I was, was like, like, I, I can could just lift. lift. Fishing's <laughs> easy. I could just lift that thing, that'd be. <laughs> but the fact that we can just go and do that, I think that's one of the things that people overlook that you're going to gain when you do this, this sort of thing. And then just to hear your story, the fact that you were able to like overcome everything. Again, a lot of people like, I believe are full of shit on social media that
1: mm-hmm. they talk about all the
0: amazing things and how they can do X, Y, and Z and they can help you achieve this. And that doesn't resonate with people because no. they're not telling the story of, well, I came from here. Like the reason you can take people from anywhere in their life to being successful is because you've, you've climbed that mountain yourself. You yeah. didn't just get handed it and go, oh, I have an idea about this. Like, you climbed the mountain, you put the work in. I love the story about your dad as well. Now it makes more sense why, like, my dad was the same. He worked flat out, then he gardened and worked flat, and he's 76 yeah. or something, and he's still gardening away. So that's probably why we have that same sort of work ethic yeah. where when everybody else is going, I'll do a couple hours or I'll go away. Where like deep dive straight in. into to what's going on. <laughs> Do you, do you find that, that whenever your clients come to you, that's something they realize that initially you have to work? It is hard work. I think people overlook the hard work. So Yeah, it is. Is that something that you find people struggle with? The fact that they, they're going to need to like buckle down at this before they get to the freedom stage?
1: I think that the thing that people suffer with most, and they either know about this or they don't, most of the time they don't, is human beings tend to need the, the instant reward, they tend to need gratification straight away. We see a lot of this online now where people are I don't think there's anything wrong with this. Some people do, where people give something to charity and they're recording themselves whilst whilst doing it. There's two ways to look at it. Some people like you're recording just to make yourself look good. I think to myself, at the end of the day, he's giving somebody to, to charity, he's recording it, so what? Maybe some other people put their hand in their pocket as well. That's yeah. the way I looked at it, but anyway. Point being is, is why is that guy doing it? It's because he needs people to see him doing it. He needs people to say, look, I am a good guy. And, and you see this in all different ways and, you know, sort of all different forms and different people's lives is people need that instant gratification. They need that sort of pat on the back. They need that result. And, and again, coming from most people coming to entrepreneurship or business building, whatever you want to call it, they come from a job where you go to work for one hour, you get paid for one hour. You go to work for 30 hours, you get paid for 30 hours. Hmm. The trouble is when you come to build a business, you go to work for 30 hours and you get paid for all. call. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, hold on a minute. This isn't quite working out. And I did that for like a few years. Like I would work extreme levels of hours in my business. And I would think to myself, I could have earned more doing those hours in a job. But it's not until now you realize that hard work kind of pays off. You know, I can Mm -hmm. do an hour's work and earn more than I did in like a month at work. And that's not because I'm amazing. It's just that I stuck at it for long enough. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what people don't always recognize is there's going to be a lot of periods of time and a lot of points in your journey where you're doing work and nobody's patting you on the back. You're doing live videos. Nobody's watching them. You're recording podcasts and nobody's downloading them. You're putting your stage scenes on, and nobody's liking and commenting them. You're putting your offers out there, and nobody's taking them. That is when you shine or not. You know, it's easy to be good when things are going well. It's, mm-hmm. You see the same thing in, in fights and stuff. People like Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua. Joshua is a good example. I'm not a biggest fan of him. Like, I, I you know, I don't particularly. I won't say I dislike him, but I'm. Not, he's not my. Big, I'm not his biggest fan. Okay. But like for somebody like that, how is, where has is Joshua learned more? Did he learn more completely destroying everybody and winning the title? Or did he learn more about himself when Andy Ruiz like, completely fucking destroyed him and then he has to come back? You know? yeah. And I think that's where most people learn most stuff about themselves is when it's not going to plan. And I think that's what some people have to learn to embrace because anybody can be good when things are good. It's when things are bad and nobody's watching you nobody's motivating you, nobody's spurring you on, nobody's in your corner saying, come on, let's do this. When you're going to wake up and you've got to do your work today, nobody's going to watch the videos you're recording anyway. That is the hardest part. You know, we see doing when you're not getting the recognition. You see in fitness and health, what do people do when they go to the gym? They go to the gym for a week, they take their top off, they go in the mirror and they're like this, like fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger, Mr. Universe, right? First trying to look for the biceps, where's the abs? Now, people do two different types of things. People need to look at that and go, well, I've been going to the exercising. I've been going to the gym for a week. I feel great. I'm not quite where I want to be, but I'm going to keep going. And then you've got person number two is like, I've been going to the gym a week. Still haven't got a six-pack. What's the point? I'm ordering a pizza. You know, and yeah. I think that's the trouble is people want that sort of, I've done 20 press-ups, so I should have muscles. I, I've, I've done dieting for a week, so I should have lost weight. I think a lot of people have that sort of like, they, they think they're entitled to stuff, Here in the UK is the worst for it because of things like (laughs) benefits and stuff like that. Hey, you don't need a job. Fuck it. Sit on your ass. We'll pay you anyway. That type of stuff. It creates a lot of laziness. It creates a lot of need for gratification. It creates a lot of entitlement. And listen, the trouble is with the online industry, they don't give a shit about who you are. They don't Mm -hmm. care about your qualifications. They don't care about your background. If you don't put the work in, you're not getting paid. And for some people that's a tough pill to swallow.
0: Again, just like you said, people expect things and, you get it in the gym, but you get it in everything. Like, and I know I was doing it. Lucky I'm, quite strong-minded, but I was putting out offers. I remember when I did my ebook and I did a five-day challenge, and thirty people were on it, and they were like, "I love the challenge, brilliant!" And I was like, "Cool." I just released an ebook. It's, it's going to be five ninety-nine, but for you, thirty people, I'm just going to charge you ninety-nine p. Take it with you, just <laughs> as a thank you, and no fucking person bought it. Yeah, it's and hard. I was Soul like.
1: Destroying yeah i was
0: like what the fuck? yeah the people, i was like these people have like sent me a message saying this five days changed my life and i'm like you wouldn't even give me 99p like yeah like in my head it was crazy and I, again i could have just gave up there but instead that was clo- i think that was just before contacting you where i was like there's something wrong here i i know i'm good at what i do i know my content's good i know the book is definitely good like what is it that's not? It's me getting people to buy the stuff that's not. And then that dirty word came in my head where it was like, well, it's your marketing, but they don't like marketing. So yeah, I need to find a Kung Fu marketer. That's basically what I have to do. Uh, just as we're talking about putting the content up with people not listening, I think it's a good time to talk about haters. I have a thing where, like I, I honestly don't care what anybody thinks of me. I don't give a fuck. Like I do what I do. I live yeah. my life how I live it. And if you don't like it, I don't care. And I've had some brutal online comments where like friends will text me going, what are you going to do with that comment? And I'm like, I don't, I don't care. Oh. Right. So have you any advice for, because I know you work with a lot of people that that, um, are, are are selling and are trying to build a brand and trying to, to put themselves out there. So they're going to come up against, like there's assholes everywhere. You're just going to come up against one. Well, have you any advice for that? It...
1: It's just going to happen. Like like some people seem to think they can avoid it or they try and be overnice or they try and, uh, you know, sort of sit on the fence or they don't have an opinion because they're afraid of being judged. Listen, you're going to be judged anyway. You walk down the town every single day to go and pick up a loaf of bread or whatever you do. Every single person that makes eye contact with you is judging you instantly. They're either looking at you and thinking, I mean, listen... Let's, let's just be honest here. Everybody says, don't judge a book by its cover. Everybody says, don't judge people straight away. Everybody says, don't do it. Give everybody a chance. But we all do it. It is, it is human nature. It's bred into us. It's like it goes back to the caveman days. You need to know the difference between friend and something that's going to eat you alive. So you need to make a very quick judgment whether this saber-toothed tiger is going to be your best friend and let you ride around right on his back or rip you to shreds. You know? And if you get it wrong, you're fucked you know, so this is like the thing here, this is bred into us, we, it's, we, we, it's naturally bred into us to resonate with people, dislike people, you can, I walk down the town, and I admit this, listen, I'm a coach, I'm a trainer, I'm a mindset guy, whatever, I'm supposed to have all this figured out, but I walk down the street, and I'm like, don't like him. don't know why, don't know what it is about him, but I don't want to be his friend, and then I'll see somebody else, and I'll think, wow, it's a pretty cool guy, and I haven't even spoke to them. haven't even said a word, and we all do this, so let's just get honest about it, this for a yes. second if we get at it we can just understand things better the trouble is, is some people they have a tough time dealing with that or they're in denial they're like i don't judge anybody i'm like Fuck it. pull the other leg of course you do everybody judges everybody it's, it's human nature it's impossible not to judge people instantly so like the thing is is understand that is just bred into us it's our genetics our genes now the thing is people seem to think you need to be popular to be successful You don't need to do that. You don't Mm. need to win the popularity contest. Donald Trump, perfect example, one of the most successful people on planet Earth. Like, at one point, it seemed like he was the most hated human being on planet Earth. He was pissing off the Mexicans. He was annoying women. He was annoying this. He was annoying that. He was annoying black people. He was annoying this. So honestly, this guy was like the most hated person on planet Earth. And then win, went on to win the biggest popularity contest on planet Earth and become a president. So isn't it kind of funny how it's like it's extremely unpopular, but still won president. How does this work? If everybody hates him, who the hell's voting for this guy? That's what it seemed like. But Donald Trump understands. And listen, I'm not saying I agree with him. I'm not saying I like him. I don't want to go on this and podcast is like I hate this mad guy. He he Trump. Listen, I, I, I'm not going to share my opinion. I respect him as a businessman but I I respect him to the extreme levels as a marketer. He's one of the best marketers on planet Earth. People Mm -hmm. say he's stupid. Why is he saying that? He's not stupid. You don't become a billionaire by being stupid. He's saying it because look at all the millions of people all complaining about him, moaning about what he said. This guy doesn't care. Bad press is good press because this is, let's go back to this social media thing. What is it that kills you on social media? Is it being judged and saying good things or negative things? Or is it because nobody's talking about you at all? That is what's killing your business. And this guy understands it to an absolute T. He's not sick. People are like, why did you say that he's stupid? You don't become a billionaire by being stupid. He's advised by some of the best people on planet Earth. This guy isn't stupid. He knows exactly what he's doing because bad press is good press. So if you look at it this way, the way I look at it, if somebody comes onto my status and delivers a hateful comment or something negative or something horrible, I'm like, cheers, dude. You know, you've just like, you've just told me to quit my business, but you've actually grown my business by making more people aware of me. And I had this to the extreme level when uh, a few years back, I changed my direction in business. I'm not going to go into too much detail with this, but I, I changed my direction in business and it created a lot of people that was upset because what had happened was, I'd built a brand and built a following. And then all of a sudden I was like, you know what? But it wasn't all of a sudden. Kind of fell out in love with what I was doing. And I'm like, I'm going to progress into becoming a coach. I'm going to progress into becoming a trainer. It upset a bunch of people. And what happened was the people that was following me in this particular company started to make me like this fucking terrible person, basically. They put up the wanted posters. They were slagging me off in groups of like 10,000 people. Initially, I was like, Damn, i'm screwed how, how am i going to build a business these people are slagging me off to 10,000 people like what can i do like like my business my coaching business is destroyed before i even started and at the time i was listening to a guy called grant cardone and he talks a lot about listen all you need is people talking about you good or bad all you need is people talking about you off the back of all that hate they were trying to destroy me off the back of all that hate I made 10 times as much money in those first two months of launching my business than I did in the company. Because what had happened was you'd get the small amount of people that was like, fuck, we hate maps. He's terrible. He's changed his business. And then you had the other people who had no idea who I was. It's like, why do they all hate this map guy so much? And they go toodling off onto my profile, which is absolutely packed full of content and branding, where they're like, This guy isn't so bad. And they start following me. So <laughs> the thing is, whether you get good people or bad people you're going to be judged anyway. So just get judged for what you do. I mean, mm. one thing that people can never say to me is, you haven't been yourself. You know, if me and, me and you was to go down the pub or whatever, you know, we're going to do this at some point, even though we live completely Grammatite. Yeah, I'm, I don't know about that one. Like, I'm way out of shape. I'm going to get my ass kicked. But uh, the thing is, like, like, if you went to meet me in a pub, you, you, I probably have a slightly different accent. My, my black country accent would come out more the more drunk I got. But, like, I would still be the same person. And yeah. I think that's what's important. As long as you're the same person, be judged for who you are. People are gonna hate you anyway. Like, like, listen. Whether you're nice, look at the most successful and the most. If you think of the most inspirational and people that have done the most, like Mother Teresa or whatever, like of all time, you go into Google. Somebody somewhere is like, she's a bitch. She's a scam. She's this. She's that. Like, like, they're the most influential people of all time. What chances have we got of not getting any answers? Yeah. Like, we have zero chance. So. Don't worry too much about the approval. Again, it goes back to that thing we spoke about earlier. You don't need approval. You don't need gratification. You don't need somebody to say, well done, you're amazing. Just stick your flag in the ground. You believe in this. This is my content. This is my value. This is what I can do to help people. Some people appreciate it. Some people don't. But guess what? As long as you're delivering your value and your content, you're paying a your service to earth. And Muhammad Ali says it. It's fantastic. You know, what you do for others is the service. You, sorry, the rent you pay to live on earth or yeah, say, obviously passed away. So like the thing is here is is like it's it's that to me just makes me want to do what I do even more. I put my video out there, I don't care if you absolutely hate me. Okay, cool. Somebody out there loves me and th- that's all I care about. Yeah.
0: I think it's important that you added both because people if you, you get tied up in the love as well and then if that doesn't appear, it's back to the pat in the back thing. If that love I put out a video and nobody liked it, why did they not like it? Like Yeah, that can also hold you back just as much so um, combining both of them I like the way that you did that Uh, I'm going to just round it up a wee bit now because I'm aiming for about 45 minutes because I want to get you back at some point because we could just talk for hours with the The amount amount of different things that we did so um, I just wanted to give my audience a bit of an intro to you and then we'll do that Um, there's one question I have been asking uh, everyone that's come on just because I like asking this question, and it's if you had a superpower or were a superhero, what would it be?
1: Ah, uh, I'd, I'd love to be able to fly. I'd love to be able to just like just have a look at the world and look at us all. Like you know, you open up like an ant nest and you see them all like scurrying around <laughs> with their little jobs. I like to like fly above and have that ability for us, as everybody's like losing their mind and going crazy about stuff that's not really important. Yeah. I'd love to have that power to just fly past and see what's going on. Be free, you know. So that's that would be me, definitely flying.
0: I love the answers to this quest because it it sort of fits with everything you talked about. Like you said, they're being free, seeing what people are doing whenever they're scurrying around. That's basically what you do. When I come to you, you you're basically looking at me from a height going, what are you doing? Because I remember you looked at my (laughs) Facebook and then you are like... Right, I see all the things you're doing. This is why that's not working. And, And for me, the metaphor of you being above me, looking down at me, scurrying, trying to sort all that out without having a fucking clue what I was doing... Uh, So you kind of already have that superpower when you think about it. Uh, So before we, we finish up, where is the best place to find you? Where will people connect you or where would you like me to direct people to? So probably the best
1: place to connect me is on social media. So if you've got me on Facebook, you've got Matt Richards, just reach out and connect with me. I'm a human being. I don't bite. So just send me a message and reach out and say, hi, I listen to you on the podcast, whatever. And uh, I always get back to everybody on a personal level. So on Facebook, um, also you can check out uh, me on Instagram. I've just created a brand new profile at um, Matt Richards Coach on there as well. Those are the best two places. And if you want to find like my groups and stuff like that, you can then over to uh, which is a website. We just a few little pointers and stuff on there directing you to like my groups and stuff like that um, and the Complete Marketer Academy which is a free Facebook group which is packed full of training and stuff like that which leads on to my pod there's, there's, there's everywhere <laughs> like, like main thing yeah. is connect me on Facebook and or search the Complete Marketer Academy or the Complete Marketer podcast search them in like your, your, your various different browsers and you'll, you'll find me there
0: I'll out. add links to everything ed- anyway but just for people that are just listening but you can find them through me anyway like we're, we're connected and all of that as well so uh, Matt thank you very much for coming on I really loved it and I look forward to having you again
1: mate absolute pleasure and uh, I appreciate you taking time out and appreciate you having me as a guest and hopefully this uh, podcast is valuable to your audience and people that are connecting in
0: yeah I know it will so thanks for everyone tuning in and we'll speak to you on the next podcast <music>